Hello, and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast, a show that shares stories from passionate people living life on their own terms, and one that reminds us how life's failures and struggles are just the plot twists needed in our own personal stories to help us get to where we were meant to be. I'm your host, MJ Doherty. Today, I have a guest that exemplifies the old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. We have all been told this time and time again since we were little kids, yet we all do it. When we meet someone, we almost instantly have dozens of thoughts and opinions on them solely based on their appearance and the preconceived notions of who we think they are. My guest today, Nico Papai, proves that this old adage has stood the test of time because it's true. It's no surprise when you find out he's a model and an actor. You see Nico and think, of course he is, must be nice. And then you kind of assume he's going to be a self-absorbed, stuck-up jerk. He's the kind of guy that can just throw on a ratty t-shirt and old shorts, and it looks like he just came off of a GQ shoot. With a toss of his hair and a flash of his smile, you immediately want to hate him because he's just too perfect. But then he offers you the warmest hello, and he strikes up a conversation, is listening to you and interested in what you have to say, and you realize he's genuinely as nice as they come. Getting to know him a bit more, you learn that he has had anything but a perfect life, and the road he has traveled has been very bumpy for sure. But with his energy and humbleness, it only makes you want to root for him even more. So with that said, I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Nico Paypai. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank of you. Thank course, you. Of course. So you are doing pretty well. You're, you're you know, booking some big shows and you're really kind of taking over, I think. I, I see you got lots of followers. You're doing yeah. lots of things. You're popping up in blogs and magazines. So how, do, how is that feeling? It's amazing. You know, it's amazing to... Um, be acknowledged for your work and uh, people following you and looking up to you and you know just uh, following your little path in your career it's it's amazing so so tell me how did you get here so give me a little background about yourself you know who are you where are you from all that jazz well I'm uh, I'm Albanian uh, I was born in Albania okay. um, I uh, my now, fa- I'm yeah. gonna stop right there because yep. most <laughs> Americans are probably gonna be like where's Albania <laughs> so where is Albania it's it's right above Greece uh, right of uh, the heel of Italy across oh, okay. the Adriatic Sea it's a small country but you know Long history. Actually, El- the Albanian language is 2,000 years old. It's, a, wow. it's the second oldest language. Amazing. It's its own branch, yeah. Nice. All right, so you're born in Albania, and how'd you get here? Uh, my family, we, uh, we moved during the Civil War okay. um, in 97. Uh, you know, communism, it was a communist uh, till 91. Right. And uh, my family decided to, you know, create a better life for their kids. So uh, my dad came out to Detroit. And, uh, oh, he made a better life in Detroit. He, hey, you hey, heard that here, folks. A better life is Detroit. Detroit was paradise. I, <laughs> wow. I, uh, when I moved okay. there, I was like, wow, I can actually ride a bike outside and feel safe and, uh, you know, make friends. and." Talk Which is ironic because yeah. most people here would be like, don't ride your bike outside <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> but uh, that was, it, was a, it was a different, completely different life in a different atmosphere. And, uh, and how was, old were you? When I you was uh, six and a half. All right. So you so, were, I mean. So I was young enough. I mean, I you know I experienced a lot. Like I have a really good memory. I was kind of scarred from a lot of things I saw, in, you know, during the Civil War. But you know, right. I I was like a little man at that age. You know, yeah. I, was, uh, I was very smart. I was sharp. I was street smart. Uh, and uh, you know, I went to bilingual school the first two years when I uh, moved to Detroit. So got to learn English. You know, uh, with other other students and uh, going to school. So um, I picked it up fairly quick, actually. Though, so it was tough, but it was uh, it was amazing. I mean, it was a lot different than. Uh, when I moved to San Diego, then I was like, oh, this is what life really is about. Like, yeah, that, that San was a Diego, oh boy. Yeah, from Detroit to San Diego, <laughs> yeah. that's like So I was just paradise. like, wow, it's getting better and better and better. I was like, where else can I go now? And then I went yeah. to Canada, and I was like, wow, right, man, the right. Canadians are amazing. <laughs> they raise so, it up a notch. Yeah. 
So, okay, so you're in Detroit, you're transitioning from Albanian life to the United States. Were you passionate about acting back then? Is that what you knew you were going to do? Or what were you thinking? What were, what were you like as a kid? You know, I always had a lot of energy and I loved entertaining people. I was always like the, you know, clown uh, around everywhere, you know, the, in the class, in school. Um, I love sports. I love basketball. I played basketball my whole life. And that's what kind of kept me you know, focused and kept me out of trouble. Right. Um, but sports was my life. I mean, I never would have thought I would have been acting or modeling or anything like that. But I knew I would be, you know, I'd have support from fans or a crowd or something, be in the center of attention somehow. So right. um, I never would have thought that it would have led to this. But basketball was my, my life. And in, in San Diego, I uh, played for my high school basketball team. And I had a scholarship to UCSD. And, um, you know, obviously... Uh, I uh, never got to do that because of a crazy uh, little hiccup in the road. But, uh, you know, after my family got deported, pretty much it, my whole life took a turn. And uh, I would have never expected it to take it, you know, to come this way. Yeah, where it did. But I'm I'm super blessed. And uh, so you you didn't get to continue in basketball. So is that when you got to L.A.? Yeah, that's where I I went to high school in San Diego. And um, a week after my 18th birthday, immigration came to my house and. Uh, my family, we were in the process of, you know, trying to change our status and, you know, become right. become legal. We've just had the worst luck with lawyers our yeah. whole life. Um, and, uh, yeah, they took my mom and dad away and, you know, they're in jail for four months before they deported them. And oh they came God. after me and I couldn't graduate and came out in L.A. and just, uh, you know, tried try to, to make it happen. On. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, that is, yeah. it's scary and relevant right now, you know. Uh, it's a blessing. I mean, from every tragedy, I believe blessings, you know occur so you just have to see the light and you know be be in your path just you know cause right yeah you know, i i never would have thought i would be here you know i thought that they were gonna come get me as well but there's everybody has their own path has their and, path yeah. yeah and you know things are gonna happen you oh, know yeah. i always say you know rain happens so Absol- yeah. <laughs> don't worry about getting wet obviously this you know really traumatic thing happened to you but it got you into la and then how did you get into the modeling and the acting so my sister, uh, she was on the same boat as me, um, but, you know, she didn't live with us. So, you know, they were trying to get her in, on her own time in the L.A. time. But uh, she was able to get me signed with a modeling uh, agency, uh, New Models, and they took me in. They were, they were an amazing. They were like family. So, right. um, you know, it, it helped me a lot. It helped me, you know, make some money so I can get my own apartment and, uh, you know, support myself. Yeah, you know better than I was in my car at the time. So. And you were doing like you did a lot of print ads. I, I think yeah. I saw you were did like super cuts and um, packs on Skechers. Yeah, Skechers. Yeah, so you were locker. really doing stuff. Yeah, you know, you know, and you know, I'm shorter for a model. You know, I don't do runway, but I cleaned it up in the you know commercial print you know yeah. side. So it was it was amazing. Well, that's great. I mean, that must have been such a lifesaver because you had gone through this experience, but then. You're getting to do something that people, you know, only can dream of, and you're succeeding at it. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, I obviously, you know, I, I grew to love it. You know, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I had to learn how to be comfortable, you know, being an immigrant my whole life and, you know, without having family around and, you know, not having close people to like that. Right. You know, it's it's tough. So I had to have, you know, I had a lot of alone time and I got to figure myself out. And I got to learn how to love myself and be comfortable in my skin and when I was able to do that, it just, it showed up, you know, when I went right. to auditions and they said, you know, shows energy for print, I was, I would do handstands and I would jump and I would just give, you know, I'd give everything. And, um, you know, that's, that's what eliminated, you know, a lot of my insecurities is knowing that, you know, to know that I put a hundred percent of my effort, 
right. and I was able to leave happy and you know the rest is history you, you can only do so much you can't control everything so if you're able to just do 100% of what you know you can do right um, then that's, that's it. all you that's can it. ask for and you know when people appreciate it and acknowledge it that's it you know that's, and you know it's such a trend that I'm seeing just seeing it from other people that succeed but just on this podcast you know the people that have been coming in who do really well they all say the same thing you know I do the 100% for me and then that's all I can worry about. If yeah. I did 100%, I don't need to worry about anything else. If I succeed or fail, it doesn't matter. I did 100% and that's that's all I could ask for. So so you're doing 100%, you're modeling, you're living in LA, things are starting to, to click. How did acting come about? Um, so my commercial um, agency, they sent me out on a, a Power Rangers commercial. It was like, or Power Rangers uh, movie audition. Oh um, yeah. So you know, it was theatrical and uh, it was in 2010, I believe, and uh, I ended up booking the Red Power Ranger, Reese. And, uh, oh, wow. And, you know, it shot in New Zealand, and, you know, we, we I talked to my, my team, and we didn't think it was the best thing for me at that time, especially, right. you know, where, where I was in my uh, uh, immigration, immigration status. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't the best thing for me to leave the country at the time and uh, do that role. But based off of that, I was able to get a manager, a meeting with my manager. Uh, Brianna and I'm still with her to this day and amazing she I, I'll never forget the meeting she was asking me what's your favorite director your favorite movie I'm just like I don't know like Clint yeah, <laughs> Eastwood I was yeah, like yeah he, he's dope you know but um you know I, I I all of this is just you know like I I learned you know and it was just raw talent and I was able to just put you know my mind and my focus and I was able to you know make something out of it well it's it's amazing to to hear your story because I think most people when they go through trauma and I know I did the same thing I when I went through my traumas and dramas I you know buried my head in the sand and I checked out of life but you kind of ran towards life and we all have our moments though you know yeah. we all we all check out for a little bit you know we we all have our downfall it's it's really tough to be positive you know 100% of the time you know it's draining you know using yeah. that energy and you know feeding people around you with that energy and you know just uh, being the the one that people want to look up to and you know you're trying to look up to people just trying to you know build 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 a community and, and it you know it takes its toll on you and sometimes you don't see uh you know the you don't you don't see the benefits you know right away you know you, sometimes you have to plant seeds and you know just wait for them to blossom so, right yeah um you know but you know we all get you know we all have our little downfalls where you know you just want to like be by yourself and be alone but you know and that's totally okay and it's totally fine yeah. everybody needs to you know just it's normal you, you know, know people human. are so into the whole like you know you got to be positive got to be positive and i'm a super positive guy I mean, I am, and I believe things are all going to work out. But I tell people all the time, you know, it's okay to have your moments. Oh, In yeah. fact, you need to have them. So sometimes when people are really down in the dumps, the last thing they need to hear is just be positive. Yeah. It'll all work out. You know, <laughs> just be real. Right. Just be real. I always yourself. say, I, I always yeah. say, like, you know what? If you feel like crap, go for it. Yeah. Like, feel like crap, but just don't let it get don't the best of you. Don't put it to other people. Just look. If right. you want to, let you it wanna, run its course. Yeah, you know, just do your thing. Like, if you want to be mis- miserable, just don't put it on other people. Just do your yeah, thing and be miserable thing. by yourself. And no, and give give yourself a cutoff. Be like, all yeah, right, exactly. you know, I've I've let let this run its course, but now I need to get yeah. back. You know, don't check out first forever because that you know the longer you're out of the world, the longer it takes for you to get back in it. Absolutely. Um, all right, so you've been doing uh, you know many roles. Um, I think you're probably best known for awkward. Right, and yeah. um, awkward was a, was a big one for you, and we've had Monty here on, so the listeners should probably know what awkward. But if you don't know what awkward is, it's MTV's was no, number one comedy scripted show that they've ever had. And who did you play? I played Sergio. 
and Sergio, well, I from what I remember, he um, he was the sexy guy, right? Yeah. He was like the I, one that uh, everybody liked to look at. <laughs> I, I suppose the eye candy of this show here and there, but you know, there's you know Bo and. Uh, Brett, so there's a lot of teams. So Team Sergio came up uh, out of nowhere in yeah. season four. It was fun. It was fun to compete with those guys. So. And how was that experience like for you? Oh, it was. It changed my life. Yeah. I mean, just you know, working with Mike and Chris, the showrunners of the show, them accepting me, and uh, you know, turning six episodes into 24 uh, was just amazing. Uh, Molly was amazing to work with. Jillian, I've worked with her in uh, my first movie ever in Atlanta. Like. Really, four years before that, when amazing. she first got the pilot, so uh, it was amazing uh, to see everybody, you know, grow in the journey and uh, to get to work with them, and it, you know, got me really comfortable on set. It was it was amazing practice uh, for me. Yeah, because um, you know you can go to acting school and you can do so much, but like being on set is, I believe, like just the best thing you could ever experience. No education is better than practical I mean, implementation. Damn, you know, yeah. when you're actually doing, you're learning. Oh, it's it, it was amazing. So. Uh, just to be around that amazing crew, I mean, it's it's surreal. Like you get spoiled to that, and and you know, Mike and Chris, the showrunners of that, they brought that to daytime divas in Atlanta, and yeah, it's it's just it makes I can't believe that this is my job and this is my life. You know, when you get to show up on sets and it's amazing, everybody's there for each other, everybody's there to pick each other up and on the same page, and we motivate so each other and we you know inspire each other to just like you well, know, push it, ourselves to the next level. It's it must be true because. You know, Monty's episode hasn't come out yet. It's going to come out this week. So you didn't hear him say the exact same thing. Yeah, it's amazing. So this crew must yeah. have been incredible because yeah. he just went on and on and on also about how amazing they were and how great of an experience it was. So that's so great because, you know, you hear a lot that you have, you know, people don't have those kind of experiences. But, you know, I think that maybe it's that individual person because, you know, most people are just so happy to be able to do what they love and to get the chance to do something like that and they just want to appreciate oh. it you know you get to do what you love and like the love the people that you're around it's, yeah it's, it's amazing it's amazing so so then that you know helped you in getting your, your foot in the door into other places yeah. and and so right now you just they just finished the run of um the first season of daytime divas yes I knew you were on that because I had seen, you know, posts and whatever. And I think you told me when I met you that you were on that show. But then when I really realized you were on that show was when one day I come home and I turn on the TV and I'm getting coffee. And on Access Hollywood Live, I hear, oh, and then... (laughs) The, the guy who plays the intern, his name is Nico, and he's, oh, he is so hot. And I look over, and they're talking about you because you did some racy scenes in that. <laughs> yeah, I think somehow I, uh, I get picked to do these uh, controversial scenes. I love it. You know, it's, it's fun. It's, so it's, it's, the, it's the scene fun. that was they're talking about uh, showed him pleasuring it was him was it in the chair was it yes. the, or the car yeah, oh the see, there was multiple was oh, it the chair one or the car one <laughs> basically so yeah yeah he's he's pleasuring one of the the divas i was like wow i was like all right look yeah. at him on access hollywood live getting it <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that's awesome. great but i mean okay so most people i mean if someone told me to to do that i would have a nervous breakdown and I, I don't think I'd be able to do it. I have a panic attack. Um, so, you know, you did that. How awkward is that when you have to like, perform- it's, it's not, I know like, it's, it's fun to me, man. Everything is fun to me. I don't take, you know, it's not, don't take it seriously, but it's, we're playing, we're playing make believe. And, you know, right. I did how to get, how to get away with murder. And, you know, there I had, you know, some of the con- most controversial, I guess they call it what they would say, gay sex scene. In right. Prime Time and I was going to bring that up. <laughs> and, you know, it's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, 
you know, you just gotta you you get you get paid to do what you gotta do, and you, this is what I love doing. And you know, you you can you can pick the roles that you know you want to do and what you don't want to do. And yeah, I feel like you know I'm just sharing a story, and you just want to do it the best possible, and you know your way. So right, you know, when they say you know do this, have you know you, they give you a synopsis of the scene. You know, I, I love making my own and being you know what else I can add to it, or you know. Um, give it that flavor and, and make it my own in yeah. a sense. So you know, I, that's why a lot of the stuff that you see, you know, they're they're really simple on the paper. And I just go in there and I, right. we we, we just, just make thing. something different, you know. But you know, it pops and it shows. And you know, when you're able to be that comfortable, that's when you get the recognition and you know you get on more working. episodes yeah. and, or it gets acknowledged. And you know, it, it's you know, it, it's it's amazing. It's a blessing. So uh, the fact that it's it's proven to me that you know me taking you know myself to another level and pushing myself on set and trying new different things is is working and you know right. the adding stuff and improvisations respectfully though you know just trying to you know still you know share that same story but you know just you know add, add your flavor. flavor absolutely yeah. you know be your own character to it so and I feel like that's what's you know changed my life and yeah that's helped you go forward and so you know part of me bringing this up is the segue to how to get away with murder so you were on for um, one episode correct uh, yeah and season one episode season, four right but it was a very like you said controversial memorable episode. Um, so tell us about that first of all well how was that experience to oh, be was- on the show that. You know, stop people in their tracks. It was amazing, and it was, I got to be there in the beginning before you know everybody got to see what yeah, you know what, was what really about really to happen. Was. But it was amazing get to work with you know Elizabeth Perkins and Viola Davis, and you know the whole crew. Jack Flay, he was a buddy of mine. We actually watched the 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 World Cup before that, like couple oh, couple amazing. weeks before that. So you know, it's such a small world. But you know, Laura Laura Ness, she directed that episode, and she was like, she, honestly, she was like a mother to me, and yeah, uh, she helped me a lot. Um, and, you know, the first day on set, I, I had two days. You know, the first day was the suicide scene, and the second day was the, the copy room scene. And, you know, after the first day of just, like, pretty much crying for about six hours and doing that scene in so many different angles and um, just having those moments with Laura, just, look, you know, looking at her eye to eye and, you know, just making something amazing happen, uh, it just it made me so confident and comfortable. And, yeah. you know, everybody appreciated it. And they closed the set out of respect because I was pouring my heart into that uh, into that set and you know it was incredible it was incredible to you know have these things and you know Carla came up to me Carla Souza she was just like you know seeing how you went hard in rehearsals like inspires me to have a purpose in every scene because you know we get comfortable in the in the jury scenes and all that stuff we're in the courtroom we don't have lines there's a lot of coverage and you know right. we get spoiled and it was so cool for you know a series regular and amazing actress like her to come up to me when I'm showing up on her set, yeah, and you know to have the impact, so it was it was it was amazing, you know, and everybody was just incredible and just real. So after that first day, man, I just I felt like a monster, and yeah. uh, you know the second day when we had that copy room scene, you know, uh, we didn't really know what we were gonna do too much. We just knew where it needed to go, you know, uh, like land on the ground and end on the ground. We didn't know what we were gonna do up. Uh, you know how everything was gonna happen, but Laura looked at me and she was like, "Nico, I trust you, just." drive the scene, just do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just, you know, pictured up my girl. I just imagined my girlfriend there and I went ham. And, yeah. you know, it just, it, <laughs> it, well, ended up, it you know, definitely had an effect it, on people because it was, it was news making. If you're going to do it, do 100%. And right. I gave 100% of myself. And, you know, it, yes, it's something I will never get back. You know, it's something that I've never done before. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, 
it was it was a fun journey. I got to learn a lot about myself, you know, and I got to, you know, now after that as well, I got offered a lot of, you know, gay stuff uh, to do. Uh, right. Gay but world. it's, you know, I, I, I want to pick and choose the right ones. I just don't want to yeah, be the one to just like hold hands and kiss Kiss right. on, whatever like there's there's you, there's gay actors out there that would love to do those roles if you know there's people that you know look straight like if they don't want to break the stereotype of you know every every uh you know homosexual is you know flamboyant whatever that's you know they, that's why they're hiring a lot of you know straight actors to, right but there's a lot of you know people yeah. just like that you exactly go, you know you can find but well, thank you for saying that because oh, it, it yeah. drives it drives a, a gay guy in this industry nuts that they'll hire straight people to play gay people, and it's like you know, there's a bunch of gay actors. Unless you can't find that right, right guy. Of I, I get it. You know I get I mean? that like, too. Brokeback Mountain was like an amazing movie, and right, like right. I would love to do something like that to be able to share a story and get gritty. You know what I mean? It's just like I, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be worth telling. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, it's going to. I know. think, that, and I also think that as you know, it's becoming much more acceptable and and more every day to see gay people out and about and on TV. You know, there are the, you know, Matt Bomers and, um, you know, Neil Patrick Harris stuff who are playing these very, they're not the traditional, like, Jack from Will and Grace. Right. You know, it's okay to have gay guys on TV that aren't the funny flamboyant sidekick, which is is lovely. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I think it's a very interesting, it's something I think worth bringing up that a lot of actors in your situation who are, you know, really talented, have the whole fangirl thing behind them. You have lots of girls who are loving you, lots of gay guys too. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of them probably wouldn't have done that part because, you know, they're like, well, it's just a a guest starring role and I don't don't know if I want to be gay on TV. That might stick with me. But I've learned in my life that sometimes when you, when you take a leap, and you do something, yep. it really comes back to you and it really works out well for you. And no matter who you were playing, you did it so well on a set of a show that was a game changer. And I'm and sure... And I didn't know it was going to be like that. You right, know? Yeah, you know, yeah. but by you deciding to take a challenge and a leap of faith and go with your gut, this is probably going to be something that comes back to you years down the road because it was one of those things that people will remember. Oh, and that's pretty great. It's no, it definitely had, uh, you know, awkward and that, uh, that episode, you know, helped me get my green card and it fueled me. So, you know, it's, it was, it was a life changer for sure. Yeah. Like it absolutely changed my life. And that's why you never know what's going to come out of anything. You just got to do your best and, you know, you know, let, let everything, you know, just happen on itself. You can only do so much, you know, you can only have so much control of everything you can, you know, so. And that's such a good point. I mean, people try to control, control is such an issue and I'm a control freak, but you learn in life that the more you try to control, the less you get controlled. The more you just, you know, stay centered, control yourself and let things unfold. Really the more, control is you have absolutely you know it's counterintuitive but it's the truth i want to go back to something you said earlier because i think it's it's something that most people struggle with and something that you know i've struggled with so much it's really the core of you know my book and what i talked about people but it's about learning how to love yourself it's very hard almost hard to say out loud it's it's just such an odd thing like when i say oh learn to love yourself i almost want to roll my eyes because i'm like oh god like i sound you know so flaky or whatever but the whole concept of learning to love yourself is so important to living a fulfilled life right oh absolutely and you had said that through your journey you had to learn how to love yourself and how 
to get you to where you're at. So how, how did you do it? Like, do you have tips for people? Like, what do you think the formula is to really learning how to love yourself and accepting who you are? I feel like everybody obviously has their own path to getting there, but I feel like you have to be open. You have to be aware. You have to be consciously competent of everywhere and, and the people around you and your surroundings. Like, you know, by me being homeless for, for, you know, a minute and, you know, not having people to really talk to. I talk to, I spend a lot of time with, you know, homeless people and, you know, I, I got, I try to get as much wisdom as I can from these people that, you know, for instance, there's this guy outside of a 7-Eleven, he would just smile at people and just ask people to smile and ask them if they had a good day, not beg for money. Right. And everybody just ignored him, you know, assuming that he wanted money and even though that he would obviously appreciate that if you're able to donate some to him, but he didn't ask for it, didn't push or anything and just told people to smile and, you know, I was talking to him, I was like, you know, does it hurt your feelings that... You know, people just ignore you and you're just, you know, just trying to smile, put a smile on their face. And he said, young man, if somebody had a suicidal thought or, you know, wanted to commit suicide that day um, and I was able to put a smile on their face or acknowledge them. And if that changed their mind, he said, you know, I have I have won. Amazing. So, you know, and just these simple things, you know, it, it, it meant so much to me because here's this Gives man, you perspective. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, when you're at the lowest, you know, you can either stoop down, you know, sink under or you can, you know, fight. And I understand that not everybody has the same fight. You know, you have to have compassion for others and everybody has their, you know, their own journey and their own struggles and they're a victim of their environment. And um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, if you want to make a change and if you want to make a difference, you have to you have to focus on yourself. You have to love yourself. You have to learn how to love yourself. Spend yep. alone time with yourself. You know, kiss yourself. You know, just right. touch yourself. You know, I, I, like you know, feel you know, surround yourself with people that that love you and that pick you up and that uh, bring the best side of you. You know, and I, and I highly, you know, I, I I agree that you know, or I believe that you know, the five closest friends you know around you are who you are. So. You know, just try to keep that circle as close, you know, as, as small as possible with amazing people. And then, right. you know, have that grow. And, you know, their five friends, their closest friends that feed them, you know, and just keep it, keep it growing. But, um, you know, loving yourself, you just got to, you know, you got to ask yourself what you want. And, you know, how you're going to get there is, you know, by you focusing on yourself. Right. That, and that is it. In my book, I kind of talk about learning how to be selfish in, in my definition of selfish, where selfish isn't. You know, it's ish, a bit of self, not self all. It's not about you and nobody else, but it's about learning that it's okay to pause for you, to take time for you, to build you to be the best that you that you can be for the world around you and yourself. And the more people do that, the better their life is. But also, I think the people that do that are the ones who are really succeeding because they know who they are. They're okay with who they are. And what happens, happens. And usually, the stuff that's happening for them is good because they're having the journey that they're supposed to have. Absolutely. You have to be, you know, have the perfect balance between selfishness and selflessness. Right. You know what I mean? And and that's, you know, that's that's the hard part, you know, trying to, you know, find the, the medium, you know, but... Um, you know, Jay Z said something, you know, in his in his song that I love, and he said, you know, people are strange. Uh, they say I change when I work so hard to stay the same. Right. You know, That's and you know what tends to happen is people start treating you differently because of your success and you know because of what you're going through. So, um, you know, we are we all are trying to change for the better, and you know, trying to 
Hopefully. Know, absolutely. We should yeah, be. We should be. Yes. We should have that, you know, mentality because otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. Right. You want to so, change and grow and evolve to a better you. Absolutely. Constantly. We're constantly adapting to our surroundings and we're evolving as humans. I mean, look what we're able to do now. You know, 30 years ago, you would have never imagined, you know, the technology, the t- yeah, right, what's going on. And it's, it's just surreal. So we're incapable of anything, you know, and we're, you know, we're examples of that. Like, I'm a prime example of that. Like, I should never, I shouldn't be where I am right now. Like, right. I'm a little kid from Albania that came in this country and now I'm on TV. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like, how does that, you know, it, nothing makes sense. But, you know, you have to I get that. <laughs> make sense of everything. Like, you just have to do it. You know, you just whatever you put your mind to, do it. And, um, you know, even for the people that don't know what they want to do, um, be open, you know, take right. that time off, take that time for yourself. You know what I mean? Like don't rush into school. Don't rush into debt. Just live, live a little bit, you know? And some of the best thing for me that happened is, you know, not, you know, being, not going to college, you know, I learned from, you know, life from the streets and talking to people and just, you know, yeah, and that's okay. It, and it, it's fine. Everybody has their thing. So right. it's just give yourself a chance. Cause you know, not everybody can just learn from, you know, a professor and you, some people need to live. You know, my roommate bounced out of the country and got his, you know, major in like England and stuff. And, you know, it's just people need to give themselves a chance and take that leap of faith. Um, you know, sometimes it's good not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Just yeah. let it happen. Right. You know, it's, it's fun. That's the ride. You know, we're, right. it's not always going to be hard. And through so, yeah. and through those experiences, I think you get to know yourself better, which the more you get to know yourself, the more you can accept who you are. Absolutely. And the more you accept yourself, the more you can be okay with loving yourself. Absolutely. So it's, a, it's really all part of the ride. Um, so, Nico, what's coming up? Tell us. Well, you know, just uh, waiting uh, for a few things uh, as far as, uh, you know, the our industry right. stuff but he's not um, allowed to say but he's he's getting some I'm, I'm a great auditions and <laughs> recalls and screen tests like he's doing <laughs> he's doing well it's been a blessing but as far as um what i'm working on um you know me and monty we're uh, uh monty and devin wrote a pilot um about five friends that you know just uh, get themselves in a nice little uh Pickle, but uh, yeah. it's it's a it's a fun show. Uh, you know, we're working on our pilot. We're gonna shoot a little sizzle reel and uh, you know, trying to get things going. You know, we're trying to control at least what we have control of. Right. Well, you know, we're going out on auditions and everything's you know, trying to take matters into our own hands. Absolutely. You know, trying to do as much as you can. So, um, you know, working on that pilot, and then uh, my buddy is working on a travel media show that I'm gonna try to help. Uh, you know, guide him through things and you know, meet the right people and just kind of set everything up so you know just trying to stay as, as busy as i can uh you know in the meantime um and uh yeah just trying to be a this amazing friend boyfriend lover dog owner everything you know every day just you know speaking of dog owner if you follow nico on instagram and you can follow him at nico paypay la n-i-k-o-p-e-p-a-j-l-a Okay, so you should follow him because his Insta stories are really amusing. <laughs> and your dog has a problem with oh. urinating. Where does he urinate often? <laughs> On your feet. That's correct. My, listen, that is my buddy's dog that I have found him. Because okay. I have two of my own. And they're like, where do you find these amazing dogs? I was like, you leave that up to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I found Harry. I'm the godfather of Harry. And every time I pet him, he just urinates on my feet. And it's so It's hilarious. I mean, I've never even heard of this. And uh, you go onto his Uh, Insta stories and you see, and he goes there, he's like, the dog peed on my foot again. (laughs) (laughs) I got just like my foot on the sink. I got just the most miserable face. Hilarious. Well, I have a couple questions that I asked everybody. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you some questions if you're ready for me. Let's do it. All right. So the first one is tell me about a time in your life where you really screwed up or you failed and tell me how you think about that time now. Oh, man, it's it's so tough to me uh, 
to pinpoint of how I failed because everything to me is a learning experience. Um, now, but at the time it may not have been. At the right? time it may not have been. Um, man, I've failed so much in my life. Um, I'm just trying to think of the best one. It's a great question. Uh, I just wanted to pick the right one, but I think uh, where I feel like I failed at the time was when I when I started modeling. When I went from living in my car to actually making a good chunk of money and having uh, you know a place, and I just started uh, you know kind of spoiling all of my friends and keeping mm. so many people around me um, because I didn't have you know my family. And yeah. I, I, I craved that, and I, I love people. I, I love feeding off people. So. I believe that you know me doing so much for other people um, not only hurt me in my pockets, and the end of the day, it hurt them from growing. Right. And you know now I, I you know I look at it and you know there's a there's a balance of you know how to help people and how to help yourself and you know how to do things you know right. But you know if I was if I never you know screwed up as much money to try to take care of so many people back in the day, right. like I'm happy it happened when I was like 18, 19. And then yeah, now, and you know where I am. You so, learned so absolutely. So you know that was. That was, uh, that was some of my biggest uh, things, you know, when, when I didn't have anybody and, you know, I just gave it all yeah. to, the, you know, the people around me. And, it, and it's so. a good thing, I think, for people to know. I know I, for me in my 20s, I, I spent a lot on the people around me. It caused me to have lots of financial troubles for years to come. And I know now that I'm I, still repairing my credit. Yeah, me too. Oh, well, oh, I'm still, I, just from one I phone. Filed <laughs> I filed for bankruptcy, so I mean, hey, my sister did too. It's the easy it way was, out. Uh, you guys, no, it was, <laughs> it was necessary for me. Yeah, read my book. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a story. Oh god, um, you know. But I think that it's a common thing that when you have certain issues in your life, and you know, like you didn't have your family, um, I was so worried about people rejecting me because of who I am. I couldn't just trust that the people that loved me loved me for who I was. I had to go the extra mile and be everything to them. And that's definitely a learning lesson for me. It sounds like you kind of oh, yeah, because you're mode. just setting yourself uh, to yeah. get hurt. You yes. know? And that's, you're setting up these people to have oh. expectations of you that you can't deliver on all the time. Absolutely. So it ends up really hurting the relationship. So yeah, I totally get that one. All right, your perfect day. Is it exploring a city, relaxing on a beach, climbing a mountain, or building a snowman? Oh, my God. It was the beach until you said snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that takes me back to the, the, the snow days in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, there is nothing like a snow day. Are you kidding there? me? California? Oh, it's like there's no there's they no holiday in, in California. I, know. Yeah. I was just talking about this yesterday. Remember, you know, going to the grocery store and you get stuff in your home and you're just wondering if school's gonna be canceled and you're watching movies and it's quiet outside and it's there is something that is so nostalgic and oh, peaceful it's, about it's that. Amazing. But yeah, I mean there's something about that so those snow days which is amazing. It's therapeutic, it's amazing. So but oh yeah, nothing's like, you know, building little igloos with your buddies and you know, snowmen and having little snowball fights and it is uh, a snow day is yeah. a good day and playing out in the and snow and a rain day in California is just and like a, a snow day, day yeah. in the east coast but there's <laughs> nothing like that being a kid and knowing that you have a snow day mm. I mean it's like Christmas oh yeah oh, it's better yeah it's amazing I mean just that I can remember laying in bed and my mom would have the AM news yep, on the TV, just and it reading. would just be going reading the whatever, and you'd hear. And we were, I went to Abington Heights High School, so we were A, so we were always at the beginning, and you had to wait because she would turn it on, or it would be like at B, and oh, we have to wait on, and we, it would be, just, you know, they'd get to like the X, Y, and then they'd be like, 
Abington Heights. We'd be like, <laughs> go to bed. That's amazing. <laughs> it was great. Um, all right, building a snowman. It is a good one. Okay, now the most important question of all: What is your favorite theme song? Oh man, you know, um, Fuego. But, uh, Fuego. Fuego. What is but, that? Uh, Tell okay, me about so, it. So uh, I fell in love with this song um, by Al. I believe you say it like Alok and Bashar. A L O K and B A S H A A R. Uh, this beautiful Hispanic uh, tune, but it's like loungy. It's, it's it's fun. It's fun. And then I saw Narcos the other day, season three, which I haven't you know even seen season two. I've been all over the place. I forgot it even came out. So I have to catch up on my Narcos. Um, but uh, I I heard like that sample, completely different version. So I was I was stoked on that. But Fuego by uh, Alok and Bashar. It, it's a it's a fun tune. You'll love it. All right. Well, Nico, thank you so much for coming. It was a pleasure having you. And tell everybody how they find you. How do they follow you? Websites, everything that you got. Just uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. I uh, I use uh, Nico Paypay LA. Um, I'm not too much of a Facebook guy. Okay. But uh, I have it. All right, but, but he doesn't really use it. So if you guys want to follow him, make sure you follow him at Nico Paypai. That's N-I-K-O-P-E-P-A-J-L-A. Woo, look yes, at you. Right? And we're so glad to have you here. Thank you and, so much. This was so much fun. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, make sure to hit subscribe and rate, review us, and follow along on social media at LLTF the podcast. I absolutely love getting to this podcast. It is so much fun and want to be able to continue doing it for a long time to come. But it takes a lot of time and money. And that's where you come in. If you think you'd like to donate, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash LLTF the podcast. Or you can donate via Venmo at LLTF the podcast. Okay.